A consistent body care routine is a really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome back, my darling. I hope you are doing well today. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I say I hope you're doing well today. I say that knowing that this week for a lot of us has been kind of a challenge. I don't know. And of course, you know, there's thousands and thousands of people that listen to this show, so I can't speak for each and every one of you. But the general feeling I'm getting just from talking to a lot of people on social media and friends and family and checking in with the community, the feeling overall this week has just been kind of a, like we're on an uphill climb somehow. And maybe you're sitting there right now going, what? I've had the best week of my life this week. If that's the case, oh my God, kudos to you. Drop into some gratitude for that and just hold that real close to your heart because this week is a a really hard one (laughs) for me, for me personally. How are you doing? Take a breath and just let that question kind of resonate through the body a little bit. When I ask, how are you doing? I don't mean on that superficial level of, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Life's okay. Yeah. You know, where a lot of us, I think are answering that question with like a little shoulder shrug these days. Like, how are you? Like, you know, (laughs) everything's kind of (laughs) hard, but I'm making my way through it. Like we just soldier on kind of joking about the shit show that has been this year and last year. And I think we do that to distance ourselves a little bit from what is actually there. And unfortunately, it's rare to have that question asked, how are you doing in a really genuine, authentic way? You know, when was the last time someone asked you that and actually anticipated having space after asking the question to really listen to you? You know, it's a different thing. And we do this with our loved ones, with people we truly care about. 
because, you know, we're human and life is busy and things are intense. It's like, how are you doing? You okay? You know, and then we kind of move on. So when was the last time someone actually sat you down and asked, how are you doing really with the space and the time and the intention to really hold you in whatever is true? So in case no one's asked you in a while, I'm asking you now, how are you doing really? How is your heart right now? You can take a moment if you want to close your eyes just to do a little check-in with yourself. How is your heart? What is your heart holding right now? Is your heart feeling really overwhelmed? Does it feel like you've been carrying and holding a lot? Maybe a lot of heavy things. Maybe holding a lot of sadness. Sometimes just not really knowing where we are going or knowing what's coming next can be really hard on the heart, right? The heart likes to feel safe and secure and held. So if you've been in a space of a lot of unknown lately, which I think goes for most of us, can be a really hard thing. And we might feel that in the heart, a sadness, you know, just a little bit of that gently low, vulnerable place opening up a little more. So how is your heart? And whatever is there, as you do this check-in, give that a little space. Okay. And if the answer to that is, I am fucking amazing. This is the best day of my life. Hold yourself there and also hold yourself with the possibility for that, right? Just because it's a hard week doesn't mean that this is a hard moment, right? Just because it's a challenging year doesn't mean it has to be a challenging year for you. So just breathing a little bit in whatever's there. And then checking in with your mind for a moment. What's the state of your mental health right now? When you do a little check-in with the mind to do that, it's an interesting practice. We have to actually separate ourselves from the mind, if we are completely identified with every thought that passes through our heads, it's going to be impossible to check in on the state of our mental health because we will be confused thinking that we are the state of our health, right? So if you're feeling a lot of, if you have a lot of anxious thoughts running through your head and you're identifying with those thoughts as you, it's going to be really hard to have that objective moment of listening and noticing what those thoughts are actually saying. So we need, we all need a practice of distancing ourselves from whatever is happening in our minds and not saying like we can cut away a whole part of us or like something is bad there, but a practice like meditation of just sitting down, witnessing the thoughts as they come is a really beautiful way to begin to get a little bit of space between that identification with thought and the actual energetic truth of that thought. Being that you are not your mind, you are not your thoughts. And then of course, the question that comes from there is, well, who am I? Sit with that a little bit. If you are able to, in this moment, consciously witness the thoughts passing through your mind. Well, that on its own means you are not that thought. You are the presence and the consciousness witnessing that thought. 
So hold that or the possibility of that for a moment. As you really check in with the quality of these thoughts, the state of your actual mental health right now. Are these thoughts loving and uplifting? Do they feel healing? Are they supportive? Are you kind in the area of your mind? Are these thoughts kind? Or is there a voice there in the back of your mind that's really harsh and really judgmental? So in that conversation that we are constantly having with ourselves, right? It's already there. We are having a conversation through the thoughts passing through our minds with ourselves. There's already that separation there that we are not what we think. And just taking a deeper breath into that place. Full inhale. Open the mouth and exhale. And then from there, just checking in with your body for a moment. How is your body doing? How are you feeling physically? That feeling of well-being in the body. Is it present? Do you feel strong? Do you feel whole? Are you in pain? Are you tired? What's going on? Take a moment here. Maybe it's helpful to actually place your hands to some part of your body, to the heart or the arms or the legs, and just give yourself a little squeeze. Drop into that physical plane and really feel, how is my body? Hmm. And then whatever is showing up for you, right? The state of the mind, state of your heart, state of your body, without any kind of judgment, if possible, or at least if there's judgment there, notice the judgment. Don't become the judgment or let the judgment become you. Notice the judgment. Notice where you are judging yourself as lesser than or not good enough or not doing a good enough job. Just notice that if that's present. And then whatever is going on, acknowledging to yourself by stating how you are doing out loud. Do it right now. I am feeling, and then fill in the blank. Just speak it out loud as if I'm right there in front of you asking, how are you doing really? And just answer that question in your own words, just one sentence, right? It could be, I am really struggling right now. It could be, I feel like things are looking up. Or it could be, I'm feeling really good actually. Or I'm sad today. Right? Just answer that question in your own words. How are you doing? Really speak it out loud. And then as you've spoken that sentence out loud, take a breath and just hold yourself in that truth without having to run and fix something or change something or add something to your life or remove something from your life. Just hold yourself in the truth of how you are doing. Really. Nothing to do right there. Nothing to fix. Just feel. Hmm. We're going to take another full deep breath. Inhale. 
Let's open the mouth and exhale. Hmm. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. My darlings, my darlings. So how, (laughs) how am I doing really And I wanted to ask you that question because it occurred to me this morning that it's been a minute since someone really asked me that, or it's been a minute since someone asked me that with space to listen. And it's not because of lack of support or like I don't have people in my life who are able to to hold me in that or really ask me that. I have those people in my life. I've just not really given anyone space enough or invited anyone in enough to provide that space, right? To hold that opening. I can sense in myself the past past couple of weeks, whenever a friend of mine calls or picks up the phone or FaceTimes, or actually I have that opportunity of intimacy, right? Of vulnerability kind of face-to-face with a person versus texting. I am really over texting. <laughs> like I just, I, I, I am, I'm over the the superficial kind of day-to-day moments of texting all day long. It's like, yeah, you get to keep connection and stay connected with a lot of people in your life, but what level of connection is that if it's not paired with real life? And when I say real life, also FaceTime, like seeing someone's eyes, actually being present with them. Um, it's it's, It's a different kind of connection, right? And even though I am so yearning for depth there, this is actually reminding me, I, I recorded a podcast with Seal a while ago, if you haven't listened that to that one a while ago, it was like a couple of years ago, uh, Seal, the singer, he's an amazing human. And I had him on the show and he was just so stoked and excited. And he was sharing a couple of changes he had recently made in his life that actually changed his whole life. 
And one of those things that he did is that he completely stopped texting with people. And this is like a sweeping, massive thing that he does. So if anyone wants to reach him for any reason, they have to FaceTime him. They have to actually pick up the phone and call. And he said, it was really, I really recommend that episode, even though it's a, it's a little bit, it was from a while ago, but it was so beautiful to hear him share that and how, even if it was just five, 15 seconds, instead of texting a friend, like, are you okay today? It would be FaceTiming that friend. So you could actually see them, see their face, look them in the eye because it's much harder to hide, right? You know, if you're calling a friend and you get to look at them, it's much harder to say I'm fine or everything is good when we are not, right? When there's an actual person there and it's not just a screen we're texting words into. So I listened to that episode. It was a really uplifting one. But I'm also in that place, kind of like I'm I'm yearning for a deeper connection there and I'm feeling really overwhelmed by my phone lately. I have moments where I don't even want to open my WhatsApp, which is the app I use for all messaging. Even though that's where my most cherished people are there, like I'm in like group chats with friends where we, everyone is just so loving and so supportive and really, really checking in with everyone every day. And we meet every week. And I just sometimes feel like I don't even want to open my WhatsApp because I don't have, I don't have the energy to sort through messages and, and talk to people in that way, you know? And it's a phase. I mean, I'm sure it will pass, but that's how I'm feeling right now. So I find myself distancing a little bit there because I'm craving a deeper connection. But at the same time, when I'm having those moments of deeper connection, I am kind of purposefully making sure that the window for intimacy is shut down really quickly. Like I had it a couple times last week talking to a friend where I'm just not feeling well. I'm just really, I'm kind of in need in a need of a cry. I'm feeling stressed. I'm angry. I'm just, things are happening that are yeah, throwing me for a loop. And I also feel like I don't want to go into this. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to break down and cry. I don't want to, I don't want to feel all this stuff right now. So when the other person is like, so, Hey, how, how are you today? And then I'll go, yeah, everything's so great. Like, look, you know what Leia did this morning? And then I'll launch into like a story just to not have to hold the space of, well, here is how I actually am. And I sense this in myself. Like I can tell that I'm doing this. It's really, I mean, I'm very conscious about it. Like, okay, here is an opportunity for me to be really sad and to have someone witness me in that sadness and support me and really be there for me in a genuine way, which is what I crave, right? <laughs> but then I'm, I'm shutting that window right, right away. And um, I think, you know, we get into these cycles of life, I think, when sometimes it's easier to be vulnerable with the people that we love. And sometimes it's harder and we don't have to beat ourselves up, which is what I do. Like after one of those calls, I kind of sit down and I, and I get really judgmental toward myself. Like, why didn't I just tell them that I'm not feeling well? Why didn't I use this beautiful friendship, this opportunity to really connect? Like, why am I shutting that down? I suck. Why am I not a better friend? Like, why am I not at this point? I've, I have so many tools. Why am I not using them? You know, I, I get really mean to myself, like that story in my head. Right. And I think it's important to bring kindness into those cycles when we are there and to just acknowledge that it's not always easy to be vulnerable and real, right? Sometimes it's fucking exhausting, especially if 
it's a, been a really hard year, right? And it's one thing after the next. Sometimes it's really exhausting and it really requires this combination of strength and bravery to break down with another person and to really share, like, I am not okay right now. And I've been in this space for the past couple of weeks where I just haven't, I haven't been there, I guess. And also I know this is the paradox that makes this so fucking stupid is that when I'm feeling this way, everything I need is in that space. <laughs> Literally what I need is to tell someone I love and trust that I know actually listens to me when I speak that I'm not feeling okay. I'm actually really heartbroken about this thing. I'm actually so overwhelmed. I'm actually feeling completely like, oh, like I'm losing my mind over here. And needing that space to share that, to be listened to. And then this like moment to break down and cry with someone holding me there. That's what I need. <laughs> that's the stupidity of all of this. It's like, that's what I need. And then those moments open up and I just shut them down. Like, no, everything's fine. You know, I have a lot to do. I have a lot of stuff to figure out and get done. And yeah, you know, let me get back to that instead of crying with you on FaceTime over here. It's It's funny. It is a, it is a trip being a human being. <laughs> I'm not sure I love it right now, to be honest. I'm not sure I'm loving being an adult right now that I can, that I can say with full, <laughs> full confidence. So yeah, I don't know if this answers the question, how am I doing? Not great, I guess is the answer to that. Um, in terms of my, my heart, I think that's where we started in the beginning of the show, Today, and this is not an every single day thing, but today I'm feeling really sad. I'm just feeling really, really sad. I woke up with this feeling of just like a heavy weight sitting on my chest, just a weight of, of sadness. Yeah, I'm just really sad. And I'm not sad every day. I'm just, I'm having, a, I'm experiencing a lot of sadness over these past couple of weeks. And it's rare for me, I think, to wake up with that heavy feeling. Like it's there the moment I open my eyes, that's not, that's not normal for me or not common for me, I guess. Normally it's like I will sit down for a practice or sit down at my tea table and really tune in and discover that, oh yeah, there's heavy things here. But it's very palpable for me right now, this sadness. And um, in terms of my mind, my mental state, I think I'm really good at like turning things back to gratitude. I'm really good at turning thoughts from really destructive to being more helpful because I'm present with what's going on in my head. I have a lot of practice of witnessing that voice. So that voice has been particularly judgmental over the past couple of weeks. That inner critic has been telling me lots of stories of how I'm failing at so many things in my life, how I am a fraud. I am a fake. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no purpose. Um, I'm a shit mother. I should be doing more of these things over here and support my daughter in different ways. And just that voice has been really loud. But actually, I, I, feel, I feel okay in that because I'm aware of it. I'm able to catch myself with those thoughts um, and just notice them that, okay, like that is actually not truth right? It's this loop that I have running in the back of my head. It just gets particularly loud when life throws me off course. So mentally, I, I, I don't know, I guess I'm in like a medium place of, 
not feeling, not doing great, but also being very aware of that and knowing that that is not who I am, right? That is not the end all and be all of my essence at all. And then body, <laughs> how's my body? I was sitting at my tea table just now before, before coming here to record and I kind of know I need to move. I haven't moved a lot over these past two weeks. I haven't, I haven't done any, like I've, I've taken some yoga classes, but yoga for me doesn't, how do I phrase this without sounding like an asshole? <laughs> yoga for me, um, like a vinyasa practice for me, doesn't push me beyond my comfort zone uh, in any way. Uh, I can take the most challenging, sweatiest, hardest class that we have at the studio, and I'm never, I'm never pushed beyond my comfort zone. Yoga, asana comes really, really, really easy for me. So this feeling I have of like I need to move, it's like I need to, I need to push myself. I need to go for a run and push through, even when it's really hard. Or I need to do a dynamic meditation, which is just the hardest thing ever. Or I need to go take like a spinning class. I need to do, I need to go to CrossFit with a friend of mine. She keeps asking, I need to do something that pushes me because that's the kind of movement I can sense I need. Basically, it's, it's the same feeling of like, you need a good cry. So you need to get to the edge of that cry where the tears can actually flow. For me, I have that feeling in my body. I need to expel energy in a more explosive way. Um, but I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, I woke up this morning. Okay. I could go for a run and it's like, I, that's the last fucking thing I want to do. No, it's like, okay, I could go take a class at the studio. I was like, ugh, no, I don't really feel like it today. Um, you know, there's a million things I could do. There's classes, there's gyms, there's, I could roll out my mat at home and just like jump and dance and shake. You know, I, I can move my body in a million different ways, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'm feeling really tired and kind of stagnant and lazy and like, oh no, I just want to sit at my tea table and drink tea. So the state of me, I guess, <laughs> heart, mind, body, not awesome this week. I gotta, I gotta say not awesome. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? 
No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So um, there's a lot of a lot of challenges unfolding for everyone right now. For me, one of the the big things happening in my life right now is I'm having a really hard time with Dennis these past couple of weeks. And um, when we go through cycles and dips, when things are challenging for us, I don't usually talk a lot about that on the podcast because I really respect our privacy and that sacred sacred place. And I have learned, you know, on this show, you will never hear me talk about drama. If I'm going through something where it's rare, at least that I sit here, you know, shitting on somebody or nagging or complaining or going into drama of he said, she said, you know, I like to share the aftermath of a struggling moment or a hard cycle or a hard time. Um, and the realizations of that or the feelings of that, like what is moving from that instead of sharing the the material superficial things of like, he said that, and she said that, and this is what's going on. And, you know, because it's not, it's not helpful. It actually doesn't add to, to anything. Um, so that's why whenever, of course, Dennis and I, we've been married a long time. We've been together. It's almost 12 years. It's a long time to be with one person. Of course we have hard cycles. Like we go through just like any couple, we go through really solid times. We go through boring times where everything is just mundane and regular. We go through peaks where it feels amazing and everything is just so beautiful. And then we go through valleys when everything is just fucking shit and we kind of hate each other for a little bit. And then we go back into this explosion of love. You know, it's, it's, it's marriage, right? That's what marriage is. And I can't remember this quote, but this is a, a good, I can't remember who said this, but there's a quote I read not so long ago about, it was about the people you love the absolute most. Like there's no one you hate more in the hard moments than the people you love the most. And I say hate with like, with like a wink and like a little, like uh, with a pinch of salt, like the people we love the most, the people who are the most important to us are closest people. There is no one that can piss us off more than that person, right? There's no one that can trigger us more than that person. There's no one that can drive us up the wall more than the closest person in our life. And um, Dennis and I have over the past couple of weeks just really been kind of bitching with each other. <laughs> I mean, we are in this phase we are in this particular like two week shitty phase right now where we are just arguing a bunch where we're just not, we're going through a hard thing this year. Right. And we've been through so many hard things over the course of our marriage, a million of them. And the difference, I think big difference with what we're going through this year is that we've had a really hard time feeling like a team as we cycle through this challenge everything else that's happened to us or that's been really, really hard has been like him and I holding hands, going through the hard thing. Like the hard thing is over there and we're together moving through it. And the difference with what's going on this year is that we don't see eye to eye on everything that's happened. We are not in complete alignment and understanding around everything that unfolded since we found out we had toxic mold in the house. 
And it's something that I'm realizing just is, is remaining a struggle. It's not like we went through this hard thing, like we had to leave our house and we've been displaced and between homes and living out of suitcases since March and so much stress around like potentially losing our home and then remediating and fixing the house and just being completely like the, the big challenge we have is we're completely displaced, right? We don't know, we don't have a home. And if this would have happened and we were both really happy living in Aruba and we were really excited about our lives in Aruba and Aruba was the long-term like plan for, for, for our family, this wouldn't have been as hard of a thing because we would have the moment we realized that, okay, we are going to have to remediate. It's going to cost us all the money we have. We're literally every single dollar we have in a savings account is going to go. We're going to be in debt after this. We're going to have this massive struggle, right? From this. And we're blessed that we can even take care of it and that we didn't lose the house. I mean, in so many ways, but it was a huge, huge curveball. But the moment we realized that, and also, oh, it's going to take six months at least to figure this out we would have rented a permanent or a semi-permanent place in Aruba, right? We would have just found a little house with a cute little garden for the dogs and us. And we would have just, instead of hopping from Airbnb to Airbnb and like moving all around, we would have just nested in a new place. And it still would have been very, very hard, but at least we would have had like a safe haven that felt like home in the in-between before moving back to the house, right? But that is not what happened. I already, since a year back, knew I didn't want to live in Aruba. I was feeling really unsure about Aruba, not feeling at home, not feeling happy. We'd been talking about it, going back and forth. And then all this happened. I took Leia to Sweden and get going to Sweden realized I want to live here. This is where I want to go. I've given Aruba almost 12 years of my life. You know, it's time for a change. It's time for a transition. Anyone who follows me online kind of, I always get a lot of messages from that, like around just my energy being in Sweden, being so different. I felt so much more grounded and whole. And it just really felt like everything is aligning in that way. And of course, because we decided it's not going to be Aruba, then we're not renting a permanent place here. So we've been hopping from place to place with our suitcases, you know, moving, what, seven times since March. And um, not only has it caused this complete feeling of uncertainty, right? this unstable, unsafe feeling like we don't know what home is, all of the stress and logistical issues of going from place to place, um, just not having a home. But Dennis and I are not in alignment 100% around what the toxic mold actually did to our health. Um, we're not 100% aligned around how bad the mold actually is. And I think there's a part of him, honestly, like now that I'm getting to the end of these two really hard weeks, I think there's a part of him that has not accepted that this is real. Um, I think because I am the one who does all the reading and talks to all the expert and hired consultants to help us. And like, I'm the one who does the research in the in the family, right? He's not a, he's not that guy. So I was the one getting fed all the direct information around what is happening right now. And why is it so urgent that we leave and that we take care of our bodies to heal from these things? He, of course, actively has chosen to not do that learning, 
right? And maybe he's resisting to do that learning because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want it to be true, I guess. But so when you have two people in a family married, one person completely, like I am, there's no bone in my body that doubts that this mold was making us super, super, super sick, that it was really important. I mean, life-saving that we moved out and we had to lose the belongings that we lost to, to not move moldy items or items covered in mycotoxins into a new home, right? I have no doubt. I feel like it was horrible and hard, but because I know that was the right thing, I can accept that and move on, right? But I think there's a part of Dennis that doesn't know if it was the right thing, that still to this day doesn't really understand toxic mold, that doesn't really want to understand. And this is just causing a divide that keeps showing up in a fight between us all the time. I mean, all the time. Like an example of that is it's kind of like we've left the mold, but the mold is still haunting us in, in conversation and in things coming up and in, in fights. It's like, we have to just drag all this stuff up all the time. An example of this is we have a storage unit on the island that we're calling toxic storage, where all the items that we have not been able to clean yet, uh, where we put all those things in storage that we're paying for every month. That includes all of our photos. So every single like physical copy of a photograph that we have, we need to individually scan each photo and like put it on the cloud or put it online. And then we can print them fresh before we throw all those photos away because you cannot save paper items from toxic mold. You can't, it's just not possible. Paper items is a no go. You can't. And yeah, like say you have one single photo that is the most precious thing you've ever known and it was passed down for generations and this one photo is still here, you know, if that's all you're bringing into your new life, you can do your best to try to clean that knowing there is going to be mycotoxin residue on that photograph. But if you have 3000 photos, you know, or hundreds of photos printed, it's like everything you add to the pile of things you are bringing that are a liability, the chances just get higher that you're going to get sick again, even in, as you move to a new home, you know, reintroducing mold by bringing moldy things into a new home. It's just a no-no. And I feel so clear about this, that like we fought so hard, fought so hard, you know, to remediate our home, literally like cost us our life savings to remediate our home, put a new roof, change everything, fix everything. Now we are in this Airbnb, and what we know is that the things that we have in this toxic storage, like they're toxic. We can't introduce those items into a clean space, right? They have to be dealt with really carefully. And, and that's the process we've been dealing with all year. And because I am so anchored in what I know, I would never accidentally bring things from the toxic storage into like our Airbnb or into our clean house, our old house. You know, it would just, it would never accidentally happen because of the knowing that I have, right? But because Dennis isn't in that knowing, he's just going along, like he understands on a cognitive level, I think, but he's not anchored in the knowing, right? And that means that there's constantly things happening where he's kind of, without thinking, like grabbing something from that storage and just putting it in the house, you know? And then there's a moment I'm like, wait, what is that? He's like, like this happened the other day. I asked him to bring, because we have to clean the things from that storage. 
And we have to do it super carefully in a really specific way. I have a box of jewelry there. It's like gold and silver jewelry. And I've bought a specific kind of ultrasonic cleaner with a specific type of cleaning thing um, to clean each individual necklace. So, and we have to empty that storage. We have to do this. We have to do it now. Like we're leaving soon, but we have to take our time and really be careful. So... I ask him to bring it and I have this whole station set up outside where on the outside, on the floor, on the tiles, you know, like we're going to, or I'm going to individually clean these things. And then when they're clean, I'll bring them into the house. But the box that they came in, I have to clean in a specific way with mold killing, like three different kinds of of things I have to do. Um, This three-step process for mycotoxin uh, exposed items. I have to clean that box, any like plastic or paper or wrapping around things I have to throw away, you know, and I'm like there with my gloves and my mask. And like, this is what we're doing because we've been doing it all year. Right. But for Dennis, I think he's just over it at this point. He just, you know, can't stand another, I don't know, another conversation about mold, another, he's just, his brain is not there, right? Because he's not anchored in the knowing. So what does he do? He just, he just takes that box and he brings it inside. And of course, it be- and it becomes a fight, <laughs> you know, and thinking of it now, it's like, okay, how can I make those moments not a fight? But it is like, it is inevitable that it becomes a fight because to me, it's like, I'm pulling my hair out, kind of here are all the things we're doing to keep the space we're, we're in now toxin free, um, to not introduce mold anywhere. And then here's this box in the hallway and it's like, oh shit, you know, fuck it. Fuck. Okay. I'll take it, take it straight out. Um, and he takes it straight out and it's, it's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not going to kill anybody. It's not introducing mold into a new place because the things are not moldy. It's just potential mycotoxins, right? And for someone who isn't in, into mold, you might think that I am completely insane. And if you do, I'll let you think that that's okay. But it becomes a fight. And I'm like, why, why can't you remember that we have to be really careful with these things? Like these things have to be cleaned. And then he gets really pissed at me because I'm nagging him or like reprimanding him for doing that. And then it's 10 seconds have passed and we are in a fight about mold. And it kind of goes back to this core divide that we are just not in alignment about what is happening. And I think similar with this move that we have to Sweden, I think it's really, really, I think it's, it's affecting that in a really big way, because I think in his heart of hearts, he doesn't actually have a longing to move to Sweden. Right. And I know he really feels like I gave 12 years of my life to Aruba. Like we're married. We love each other. We're a family, of course. And he knows I'm not happy here. He wants me to be happy. And chances are he's going to be really happy in Sweden too. And if he's not, we'll figure it out. Right. So I know he's on board and he wants to move, but at his core, deep, deep, deep down, I think what he actually wants is for me to be happy in Aruba and for us to stay. So that gives this feeling a little bit in our arguments that's coming up that like, I'm the one making him move. Right. Which I think just isn't fair to me at all. I I don't think it's fair for him to keep that mindset. Like I'm somehow dragging him across the world against his will and he hates everything. And it's like, you know, we, we have to somehow be aligned and be on board and both agree that this is the best right next step. 
you know, because we wouldn't have taken all of these steps to forward to actually move and to renovate a house over there and all of these things if we weren't both in alignment with moving. So I feel like it's unfair that now when we're fighting, it's kind of coming up that it's almost like the feeling like I am making him do something he doesn't want to do. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. So we are just fighting. <laughs> We're just fucking fighting. And I know any married person listening to this, listening to this show, it's like, yeah, you know, you know what that's like. And what it's like to end up in a cycle where you're just kind of fucking hating each other a little bit, <laughs> you know, and then we cycle out of it. Like we have like one fight a day. Basically, it's like we're fighting about something every day. We're just at each other's throats. We're both really stressed about this move. We're also going into this big production into um, on Tuesday. We're doing two weeks of filming in the middle of this move, which is completely insane. And it's just making it like we have no time to get everything done. So it's just our days are really hectic and everything feels really unsure and there's fear there and there's sadness there and there's pain and we're leaving this old life behind and is it the right? It's just so much. It's too much, right? So we're just like fighting a lot. And then like yesterday we uh, <laughs> we're just like, we're just like in a bad mood and driving late out of school and um, not talking in the car, you know, from whatever, like, I don't even know what, like what we're fighting about. We're just, we're just fighting about general things. Oh yeah. No. So, uh, this weekend Dennis decided he's going sailing and he's going to sail to Curacao, <laughs> which is the neighbor Island, which is just this typical Dennis thing to do that in the middle of a really chaotic, hard thing to be like, Oh, but this fun thing came up over here and I'm just going to go do that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I love that about him. Like this is a part of him that I have always admired. Like I love that he chooses joy for himself, that he goes for things that he wants, that he really cherishes his friendships, that he's so great at building community. Like I love this version of him, all of this part, these parts of him, but it's also like, this is the worst possible time to do that. That is not this, the timing for this is insane. And it's making my life harder. And it's just, it's just not to me, like not okay, you know, but he doesn't agree. So that's the fight right now. It's like, he's going over there to do this thing. And, um, and we're just driving in the car and it's just silent. Cause we're just like, 
oh, he thinks I'm not letting him do this fun thing. You know, it's not like I'm not letting him. He's going to go. I mean, he, the man is going to do what the man wants to do. That's who he is. But I'm not happy about it. And for once, I am not giving him the, okay, fine, go have fun. You know, I'm actually legitimately pissed that he's going because I don't think it's fair. It's not good. And I'm not giving him that like, okay, fine. You know, me and Leah will be fine this weekend and we'll figure it out because I really feel like we won't figure it out, you know, and, and anyway, so it's just quiet in the car. It's totally silent. It's like, oh, like I could just punch him. Like he just, he annoys me so much sometimes that I just like, I, oh, <laughs> he annoys me the way only a spouse can annoy you. You know, that's the thing I'm feeling right now. And then we get to the cafe because <laughs> we are cleaning out and organizing boxes at the studio, but we're like, and he's like, do you want coffee? You know, all angry. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a coffee. <laughs> and he goes, makes coffee. And then I'm like, do you want breakfast? He's like, yeah, I'll take some breakfast. <laughs> and I order breakfast and then we're sitting there and then someone comes to talk to us and we start talking to them about something. And then our food comes and we have forgotten that we're fighting, right? The, the fight is just gone. It has vanished into thin air. And all of a sudden we're laughing and we're talking about something. And we're just like in a conversation about this. And we're talking about Christmas and how great it's going to be when we're in Sweden. And we were talking about this gift that we want to get for Leia. And all of a sudden I realized like, wait, but like, I fucking love you. <laughs> like you're my favorite human. You're my fucking favorite human being. And I hate you sometimes, but actually I love you, you know, and we're like in the middle of this conversation and I just look at him and I'm like, you know, like we have so much fun when you're not being an asshole. <laughs> can you just like not be an asshole so we can just have fun together again? And then because we were in a good moment, he laughs at that. He's like, well, like I'm not the only asshole. Like if you didn't have to nag so much then, and then we like have a moment of like, yeah, we kiss and make up and like, we're going to be fine. And then I kid you not an hour later, something else comes up and we're back fighting. <laughs> it's just chaos. It's just chaos. And it is what marriage is. And like, I'm not worried. It's not like we're, this is this big dark night of the soul and we're going to separate or something like it's not that it's just really dragging on. And a part of me knows the moment we get to Sweden and we have a home for the first time in nine months, we actually have a place to call home. And I have, you know, from afar, it's not like I've been there doing the painting, but I have had the house, this little house that we're moving into. It's painted and there's a new kitchen and it's super, super, super cozy and beautiful. And I've just really taken time to, to nest from afar because it's, it's what's keeping me sane, basically making sure we're going to have this really cozy, safe haven over there. And I know when we're going to get there and we're going to finally feel grounded, we will be able to deal with the stuff that's going on between us you know, it's not going to be the end of the world or the make it or break it thing. You know, I just kind of wish we were able to align more throughout this last part of the chaos. But maybe that's a lot to ask, having been gone, going through this since March. You know, maybe it is a lot to ask. And we each have a therapist that we see once a week. <laughs> that's really helpful. Maybe when we get to Sweden, we'll be able to do some couple sessions. I would love to do that just to have some more tools around. Like I would love for someone to give me tools around like in that moment when I just want to strangle the man. <laughs> 
what should I do instead? <laughs> Can someone tell me that? <laughs> like, how do you not, how do you not, not strangle your husband? Tell me, please. No, but just, I think it would be helpful to, for both of us to have more tools around communication in these moments, right? Because we're not doing a good job right now. We're not. And also we are doing the best we can. That I know we are doing the best we can. We are literally surviving this hard thing that we're still going through and still in the midst of. And in many ways, it's kind of peaking right now. It really is peaking. It's accelerating as we get to the final, final weeks before this move. And our to-do list is too long. And our time alone is non-existent. We don't have a sitter or family here that can watch Leia. So we have no time alone and all the things that we really need. It's just right now it's not possible. And we're soldiering through, I think, or I know we're going to look back at this time as like, whoa, that was shit. (laughs) You know, when you, as a couple, look back at the years of your life together, you just know, like we can look back at 2014, which was when we got married and when my best friend died and our dog died, we can just look at that year and, or someone mentions that year and we look at each other. It's just like, whoa, that was, that was a lot. We know that. And in 10 years, we're going to look back at 2021 as like, oof, yeah, that was a big one, you know, and in a way, these are the years that shape us. And the idea that we just find the person that we love and we marry them and then we stay together just like that for the rest of our lives, that is just bullshit. That is not how marriage works. It's not how relationships work. And the same way that life will keep challenging us individually to grow, life will continue to challenge us as a couple to grow together, right? To evolve together, to learn more about each other and to learn more about ourselves through the triggers that come our way from our partner, right? Because no one can trigger us more than our partner can. And I know in big ways, all the wounds that are being triggered now between me and Dennis really relate to sensitive childhood, hard stuff. You know, I think for him moving and leaving everything he's ever known, it's this big, massive, crazy, scary thing to do. And probably he just wants to seize the day and embrace everything he has here while we're still here, right? That is like his response to feel safe and to really, you know, be with his friends and be outside and go sailing and go biking and just be here. And meanwhile, I'm over here in my own trauma response, like trying to hold our lives together you know, wanting everything packed and clean and clear and organized and not leave behind a shit show. And like, that makes me feel good knowing things are in order. And the more he's out there seizing the day, (laughs) the less I feel like things are in order. So the more I get triggered and then the more I try to get him to stop (laughs) being out there, which I feel is like irresponsible and immature, like come over here and like be the dad and the husband to hold us, hold this family with me, like help me with these logistical things. It's boring and it sucks, but come on, you know, the more I do that, the more triggered he gets because he has a different response and a different need right now than I do. And hopefully or what I'm really envisioning is that at the end of all of this, we just know each other better and we love each other harder and we're going to be closer as a family than we ever were before. That's where we're going. (laughs) And so it is. And, um, until then I will be over here (laughs) 
doing everything I can to take care of my heart, my mind, my body, riding out this storm. Yeah, riding out this storm. Because that's what this year is, fucking storm. <laughs> there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is for all of us. But I hope this episode helped reassure anyone currently struggling in their relationship or in their marriage, or um, it's easy, I think, also to get really lost in social media and also in other people thinking everyone has a perfect relationship. No one struggles. Everybody has it so easy. Everyone has it so good. And it's like every couple struggles at times. Everyone is going to go through these cycles of just it being really hard. And I think it's good to talk about, at least for me, I feel good and felt good sharing this right now. So while you write out your own storm, take really good care of you. And remember, the more anchored you are in you and the more you are meeting your own needs, the easier it's going to be to navigate struggles as they come our way in our relationships. You know, it's all about coming back to us and then moving from that place of, of safety, really feeling whole and safe. So I hope you have a beautiful weekend. I hope this weekend just lightens this week overall and um, take care of yourself. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And of course, a big thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. And if you love the show, make sure you listen, rate, and review all the episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll see you next week.